I, I don't know if you guys know what you have in a worship team here. These guys are incredible, incredible. We go to heaven, we're going to have to come home on Sundays and worship a little bit. Awesome. This team's awesome. Aren't they awesome? Man, incredible. Woo. I, I got to tell you this. Uh, somebody, I hate it when people do this, stick notes in the offering, but don't sign it. Usually I don't read them, but somebody brought it to me and said, and it said, this, this is what it said. I hope we don't become a church of entertainment and not worship. Well, I couldn't respond to them because I didn't know their name. So I thought, well, I'm going to respond. <laughs> when does worship become entertainment and not worship? When you watch. When you stand and watch them, then it becomes entertainment. Right? It's not their fault. They're doing, they're, that was incredible. How could you not worship? So it becomes entertainment when I stand and watch. Well, I was listening this morning. You guys were singing, and it was awesome. So it hasn't become entertainment here Amen. or at our church. So, um, hey, Gary and Wilma, I've known them since student ministry, a long, long time. And you've got precious people as your pastors. They are precious. They love you. I love them very, very, very much. They're good people. They're good people. They are the same outside of here as they are in here, and that's rare sometimes. So um, well, I honor you. Thank you for letting me be here. And goodness, watch Caleb grow up and worked with us for five and a half years. That man right there makes me laugh more than any other person I met. <laughs> Go have lunch with him and say, just tell me a couple stories. <laughs> have you told him about when you got shocked, lightning struck, and you were holding a microphone? Yeah. Just ask him to tell that one. That's fine. That'll make you laugh. All right. <laughs> All right. Break every chain. That's what we're going to talk about. And um, uh, welcome everybody online. Let's just bow our heads and ask the Lord to be with us today as we get into the Word. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together to worship you. You said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some are. But we thank you that we have the ability to minister to people online as well. So Lord, as we get into your word today, I pray that you help us to do what it says in James 1.21, that we receive with meekness the engrafted word. We lay off the filthiness of the world. That's what your word says. The filthiness of the world world and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Psalm 119.11, we hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. Psalm 119.105, we make your word a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And James 1.22, we will be doers of your word and not hearers only so we don't walk in deception. So be with us today as we get into your word. Amen. All right. Get your phones out. I, the notes are in you version. <laughs> But, I, man, get your camera out or take notes. That's why I asked Pastor Gary if students could stay and lock in with me. Lock in, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some good things this morning that will help us. So, um, note takers are history makers. Yes. Note takers are history makers. Take notes, write it down, and, and, 
and chew on it later. So <clears throat> have you ever been to a zoo or somewhere like a circus or something and they put a chain around a big old elephant's leg and, and it runs to some type of uh, grommet or something in the ground that's holding that elephant? You know that elephant could pull that thing right out of the ground if he wanted to. He could break that chain. But the problem is in the elephant's mind because when that elephant was little, they put the same chain around that little elephant, and no matter how hard it pulled, it couldn't break it. So as it got older, it thought, well, I couldn't break it when I was little. I can't break it now. It's a battle right there in the mind. How many know that all of us in this room at some point, probably most of us right now, struggle with something in our mind? Now, we don't want to admit it, but it's true. So I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not, uh, uh, don't have enough money. I'm, I'm this or I'm that. Let me, let, me just tell you about, let me just tell you about me. I hated school. I was talking to somebody in that room. Hated school. I was horrible at school. I'm ADHD. I hated school. I couldn't focus. But I do, I'm happy this. I graduated in the top 10% of the lower one-third of my class. <laughs> There's no way I should be up here right now. No way. If I allowed my brain to, to, to keep me. So every chain that's in our mind can be broken. So point one, your mind is the battlefield between good and evil. Your mind, students, listen. Parents, listen. Everybody, listen. Your mind is the battlefield between good and evil. So let's, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 10, and then we'll move to another part of the Bible. But look, I want you to look at this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So a lot of times we'll talk about body, soul, and spirit. And, and the soul, we'll say, is our mind, will, and our intellect. So we think, well, that's, that's what he's talking about. The, the, the mind, the will, the internet. Well, no, that's talking about my flesh. Though I, 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 I walk in the flesh, this body, I can't war in my mind in the flesh where I just go, you know, wouldn't you love to just see fear face to face and get out your AK and... And shoot fear. Well, you can't do that. You can't uh, uh, fight abuse with karate. It's, it's something that we wrestle in our mind. So, um, that, that's what, so every person ever born, every person who comes to Christ struggles in their mind with multiple strongholds. Everybody. Everybody struggles with multiple strongholds. So what's a stronghold in my mind? Look, look at this. Please listen. Please track with me. Take a picture of this. Get this. A stronghold is a fortress that the devil uses to protect his place so that he can control our lives. He builds something in there with me. You know, I'm serious. I graduated high school, but barely. 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 I went two semesters of college. I'm like, this school thing's not for me. I, listen, uh, it's for some people. It wasn't for me. Amen. All the people like me said amen. So a stronghold was built. You're not smart enough. 
You're not smart enough. I don't care what God tells you you're going to do. You're not smart enough. And it became a stronghold. Please listen. It became a stronghold so that he could control. It's a fortress built that the devil uses so that he can control my life. If I hadn't overcome the thought that you're not good enough, I wouldn't be standing here. So a stronghold is a fortress that the enemy builds so that he can control our lives. A fortress of jealousy, anger, lust, depression, worry, addiction, fear, all those things that many of us have struggled with. So these, please grasp this. The, the, those words that I just said manifest through our flesh. You can, be, you can be a really angry person and nobody would know it until it manifested in your flesh. Uh, let's talk about one that, that I happen to struggle with because nobody can drive as good as me. Road rage. Let's be honest. Anybody just think everybody else drives horrible but you? Say amen. Amen. See? My wife, man, she cray-cray. When she drives, the other day, my, my son-in-law borrowed my truck, and he has a Tesla. Anybody ever driven in a Tesla? Nobody? That's the fastest car I've ever driven in my life, and I'm driving. I'm on the highway. This dude looked at me. Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to tell you. This was two Sundays ago. We were coming back from Chewy's, and this dude looked at me, and I said, what? I blew his doors off, man. We, I did, and he wasn't even trying anything, but I was, I was, I'm in a car, man, it's fast, all right, a bondage, please get this, a bondage is a house of thoughts, students, adults, grasp what I'm telling you, a bondage is a house of thoughts. And if I don't get a hold of it, I'll start acting it out in my body. That's why we throw hammers when we are, or that's why we're jealous, or that's why we're fearful, or that's why, and we begin to act it out. So let, let me tell you, just to tell you, as we look at Pastor Gary and go, oh, he, he doesn't struggle with nothing. He doesn't, oh, Wilma, she doesn't struggle with nothing. Yeah, they do. Oh, David, he just, he struggles. He just gets on those keys and heaven comes down. No, you struggle too, right? I have two dogs. Oh, I didn't do the pictures. Let me put the, can we do that? It's out of order, but put the picture of my family at Thanksgiving. Can we do that? Is that too crazy? We, that's my family. I'm not in the picture, but we do a thing at Thanksgiving. We've been doing it for 12 years. We play games. We divide in teams and that's my family. Go to the next one. That's my wife and me and my two daughters. And when these two started driving, this thing came over me. You can take that down. The one on the right's preaching for me this morning at our church. She's incredible. Um, this thought started hitting me because some kids in our youth group, when I was a youth pastor, had been killed in a car wreck. They were goofing around. And, and so this thought hit me. You better hug them and kiss them real good because this is the last time you're going to see them. Haunted my mind. 
haunted my mind. Then my wife, you know, she'd leave, and I started thinking, you better hug her and kiss her real good. You're never going to see them again. Something's going to happen to them today. You're never, and it haunted my mind. Then it started manifesting in my body. Well, the, Daddy would be home at 10. It's 10.05, and they aren't home. Yep, see? Then a police car goes by, and they go, oh, that's them going to my daughter that's in a wreck, and she's dead. Nobody else struggled like, probably like that but me. And I'm struggling with that, and I had to, I'll get more into it, but I had to take those thoughts captive. That picture was taken, that last picture was taken two weeks ago. They're still here. They're still here. I know stuff comes, but they're still here. And I, and I overcame that, and I'm going to show you how I overcame that. But let me tell you one more. My dad, um, my mom died, and my dad started struggling with Alzheimer's. We, we started seeing he was forgetting things. Well, it came to the point he didn't know who I was. I'd go see him, and... I said, hey, Dad, it's me. Do you know who I am? And he always called me Charles David. I don't know where he came from. But Charles David, I didn't argue with him, but he did not know who I was. He didn't know who I was. And then he passed away. Well, and I preached his funeral. Well, after that, seeing him go through that, I'd be watching the Cincinnati Reds or the, you know, Ohio State or somebody playing ball or hunting video or something, and I'd, I'd walk in the kitchen and open the refrigerator, knew I went there for something, but I'd go, why did I, why did I come to this refrigerator? Anybody ever done that? Come on. Why did I, why, why did I just walk to this garage? The, my, my grandson has a girlfriend. Her name's Sydney Graff. A person came up to me one day and said, and, and said, hey, we're from Cedar Grove. I said, oh, my, my grandson's girlfriend is from Cedar Grove. She said, what's, what's her name? Um, I, for the life of me, had a brain freeze. I could only think of her like, graph, graph. I ran to my wife. What is Mason's girlfriend's name? She's like, what? Sydney. I ran back. Her name's Sydney. I know her name. You got Alzheimer's. See, I said Alzheimer's. It's coming. No, I don't. I don't have Alzheimer's. It's the enemy placing something in my mind. Okay. So let's, let's get this second point. The battle in the mind can't be fought in the flesh. You can't fight it in the flesh. That's a scripture that we read. You cannot fight this in the flesh. Yeah, there are times that, that, that I, I've, I've went through abuse or went through something and I need professional counseling. Yes, but you still have to understand this principle. So 2 Corinthians 10.4, we read 10.3, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they aren't fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down Strongholds. What's a stronghold? A fortress the devil builds in our brain so that he can control our lives. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't fight this in the flesh. So Ephesians 6.12 talks about the whole armor of God. 
If you're tracking with me right now, say, I'm, I'm with you. Say, so I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Okay. For we don't wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness uh, of wickedness in the heavenly places. It is a demonic force, guys, we can't see. And if you don't believe that there are demonic forces operating in our world, just open your eyes and look around. When people say right is wrong and wrong is right, that's demonic. Okay. So, Ephesians 6, we just read that, that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power. Okay, Ephesians 6, 13. Look, therefore, therefore, do what? Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And this is just one, one uh, armor, whole armor of God. Just one. But I want to focus on this. Having... Your waist girded about with truth. I memorized it. The loins girded about with truth. This right here. This right here. Your waist, your loins. And let me just tell you what happens in your waist, in your loins. It's where we reproduce and where we expel waste. It's pretty graphic, but that's what happens. We reproduce and we expel waste. Adam and Eve are in the garden. God comes to them and says, hey, guys, I created this for you. Isn't this awesome? You can eat anything. You can do anything you want except this. How many know that's, if, if somebody says you can't have this, that's what I want. That's how I grew up, dude. I'm having it. Don't touch that cupcake. There's 40 of them over there. Just don't touch. I'm touching that one. He said, don't. If you eat of this tree, you will what? Surely die. God goes away. They're standing there. Satan comes. A demonic force came and said to them, come on, man. Did God say you'd really die? Did he really say that? He didn't really say. What, what's he doing? He's attacking truth. So when he comes... I have my loins girt about with truth. When he comes with something like that, this part of me is expelling falsehoods and reproducing truth. No, he said, I'm going to die if I eat of that tree. No, he said, I'm going to die if I eat of that tree. No, he said, no, what they did is reproduce falsehood, ate of the tree, and guess what? What did they do? They died. You give your life to Christ if you're here this morning, you give your life to Christ the second you get in the car. You know what the enemy's going to say? Nothing happened to you. You're the same old person. Nothing happened to you. You raised your hand. You prayed that prayer. Nothing happened to you. Nothing happened to you. So let me give you these two things, and I'm going to really give you, man, how we handle this. The weapon reproduces truth and dispels lies. This weapon if we use it, reproduces truth in us and dispels lies. How do I know? Man, there's so much falsehood going around. How do I know what's true? How do, we know, how, how do I know what's true? So go to the next one. You cannot reproduce truth if you don't know it. 
How can you reproduce truth? And let me just tell you where truth comes from, and we're going to go into it. Truth comes from the Word of God. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Truth never set anybody free. There's truth floating around all over the place, right? There's truth floating. It's all around. No, you got to know it and apply it to your life. If you're not in the Word, you're not getting the truth in you. So you can't overcome the lies of the enemy if you don't know the truth. You cannot reproduce truth if you don't know it. Okay. Here's another one of my things. I grew up in a denomination where we went to church on Wednesday. We went to church on Thursday for prayer. We went Sunday morning. We went, uh, I think it was 10 o'clock for Sunday school, 11 o'clock. We went to church, 12 o'clock we went home. Uh, every Sunday, fried chicken or roast. Or, or roast. With Matthew, every Sunday, we'd play football. We'd be back at church at night at a six or seven. I did not want to go to church on Sunday night. Well, of course, I wanted to play. I wanted to play. I wanted to be outside. But there was more to it than that. Please listen. They scared the snot out of me on Sunday night. They scared me. Not what was going on, what was being said to us. It was like Sunday night was uh, clean everybody up night. And it was like, I, I heard this all a lot. This is your last chance. Uh, this is your last chance if you don't repent. And like, like God's never going to call you again. You know, that kind of thing. Like you have to do, and, and I grew up way back where it was how we dressed and how our hair looked and, you know, women couldn't wear what you guys get to wear. Thank God for makeup. Is that bad? Did I, is that bad? I asked, what, what's your name? I can't, Lynette. I asked her back in the back. She's doing the makeup. I said, give me some of that rouge. What's that stuff called now, blush? Yeah. Some of us guys could use a little makeup too, but it scared me. Please listen. It scared me. Okay, well, well, okay, I'm bound for hell. I thought that there was not much hope for me. I'm going to barely make it through to heaven, so I have to perform for God. I got to perform for you to get you to love me. Anybody else grow up like that? Do your little dance. Come on. Work bus ministry and give more money and, and do this and do that. Some of you grew up this way. You better say you're... Uh, 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 10 Our Fathers and your 10 Hail Marys and you better kneel down, stand up, light a candle, do your thing so that I, I thought I had to earn his love by my performance. And I'm going to give you a scripture in a minute that's really going to help us. But look, here's how we over, overcome. So, so in Ephesians it says, uh, your loins girt about with truth, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, shield of faith where we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But look at this. And the sword of the spirit, which is what? Okay. And the sword of the spirit, which is what? I'm going to say it again because look. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, loin girt about with truth, shield of faith. They're all defensive. That's offensive. You can't use the sword of the Spirit if you don't know it. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Gang, 
We are not too busy to get into the Word of God and have a word for me today. I need a, that's the first thing I do every morning. Get up, make a coffee, sit in my chair and start reading the Word. Why? Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by, he quoted scripture, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Who was he saying that to? He had fasted 40 days. The devil comes in right at the end, like he always does when we're tired and wore out and beat up. And he comes in and he says, hey, I know you're hungry, Jesus. Turn that bread into stone. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Well, you know, why don't you cast yourself down? Isn't it written, Satan quotes scripture to Jesus. Isn't that funny? He quotes scripture to Jesus. It's written. He'll give his angels charge over you so you don't dash your foot against the stone. He says, hey, tempt not the Lord your God. It, and he quotes scripture and it said, and the enemy left him looking for a more opportune moment. You can't live. Listen to me. You can't make it through the week on his 30-minute sermon that he gives on Sunday. As awesome as it is, you can't make it through the week on his 30-minute sermon. You've got to have your own sermon for your own self so that you can take out the sword of the Spirit and say, I do not have to prove myself to God. He loves me. All right, you ready? This is the big one. This is the mic drop moment. Read what you need and meditate on what you read. Read what you need and meditate on what you read. What, what are we talking about? Meditate. What? Oh, Pastor Gary, PG, you brought a dude in that's in the transidential. That sounds like an insurance company. <laughs> Meditation. We're not going to get on a, you know, well, not like that. It's in the Bible. Meditation. It's in the Bible. Look, Psalm 1, 1 through 2. And I memorize this in the King James. This is new living, I think. But look at this. You want to see the word meditate? There it is. It's all through the book of Psalm. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Look. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Meditate. I, I thought I knew how many stomachs cows have. They have four. Is that right? Yeah. We got one. I wish I had four. Ice cream stomach, cake stomach. <laughs> Amen, brother. What a cow does is it eats grass. You watch them. Go watch it. They'll go lay down. You're sitting there and they're chewing. They put it in a stomach. They bring it back up. They chew it. And it goes in a different stomach. That's meditation. I get a scripture for me for today. And I'm meditating on that scripture. What does that word do? It's a sword of the spirit. And it goes into my mind. And it overtakes a fortress that the enemy's trying to build in my life so he can control me. I'm telling you, if you'll do what I'm telling you today, kids, what Papa's teaching you, it change your life. I have to earn God's love, David. I'm feeling this thing like, man, he'll love me more if I could play like you. He'd love me more if I could sing like Denise. He'd love me more. I need to drive that golf cart. 
I need to be a greeter. I need to work in kids' church. I need to give more money. I need, come on, God, do you see me? Are you proud of me? Anybody felt like that? Come on. Who's making you think that way? The enemy. God doesn't love you. What? He doesn't love you. Are you crazy? Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. We'll give you a couple of scriptures. Then we're going to go to Romans. This is in my Bible. I mean, I'm sorry. It is in my Bible, obviously. It's in my phone. Let me tell you what I do. Let me just tell you what I do. I get up. We have a dog. I let him out. He comes back in. I say this. I'll make coffee. He's eating. He finishes eating. I say, come on, Duncan. That's his name, Duncan. I want to name him Leroy. And my kids are like, uh-uh. My dog, I'm in charge. His name's Duncan. I said, come on, Duncan, let's read the word. I put some music on. I put in William Augusto. Write that down. I don't have words, so I have to hear words. It's William Augusto. Sounds like that. Will you come to my house tomorrow morning? Just play? I said, come on, Duncan, let's read the word. On my notes, it says scripture for devotion. It's the top thing. Scripture for devotion. The first thing I see after I've read the Bible, where I'm reading right now, I'm in Psalm and I'm in Ephesians. I read both sides. First thing it says, you know what it says at the top of my page? I can show you after church if you want to see it. His grace is sufficient. And I read. This isn't Scripture, but my friend told me that God doesn't love us because we're good. God loves us because He's good. Isn't that good? God didn't come to make bad people good. God came to make dead people live. Yeah. Then I go, oh, God saved me by his grace when I believed. I can't take credit for this. It's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for driving the golf court, giving more money, serving as an usher, which we should do. He didn't do. He, he, salvation's not a reward for me being a good boy. Or the good things I've done so I can boast about it. That's not why we're saved. Should we strive for holiness? Yes. Let me ask you a question. How many failed this week? Okay, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're lying. Get up here, we're going to cast the devil out of you. I'm kidding. Maybe you didn't. I did. I probably will on the way home. Because I'm driving. Romans 3.27 look look. can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God what's that yellow word say come on no come on we're going to say it real good can we boast that we have done anything to be accepted by God No. no because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law it's based on faith faith So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. So if I'm struggling that I need to perform for God, you know what I do? I read that because that is the sword of the Spirit and it demolishes the stronghold, which is a fortress he builds to. You know what he does? You know what? If you think God's mad at you, you're going to come in here and sit like it. He doesn't want to hear me worship. I don't care how good David is. I I can't. God doesn't want me. God's going, hey, bro, 
You're my son. Let's worship together. Okay. All right. Fear. You're dealing with fear. That's a big thing right now. Amen? Huh? It's a crazy world. It cost me $130 to fill my truck the other day. $130. What the world? My wife said, hamburgers are, I don't know, $5 a pound or something now? I don't know what it is. She's like, oh, Lord. I said, hey, you know what? David said, I'm, I, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsake. He got you. He's got you. All right, let's look. This is, this is I'm using the message Bible because I love how it says this. I memorized this a long time ago. Look, what's that? What's that? Let's say these numbers together. Nine, one, one. Remember that. What do you tell your kids to call when they get in trouble? Nine, one, call nine, one, one. Boy, this is a good one. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. I'm going to go forward with that. Man, I read, in the, I read in Psalm one time. David said, oh, how great are your thoughts toward me, God. I find when I go to bed, you're thinking about me. And when I get up, guess what? You're still thinking about me. Your name I've written on the palm of my hand. Oh, oh. He loves us, man. He loves us. I didn't think he did, man. I thought, oh, Lord. You spend the night in the shadow, uh, as should I shadow. If, if that's you, if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. How about saying that in the morning when you're about to go fill your car up? God, I trust in you. You're my refuge. And I'm safe. Can we say that together where it says starts at God? On the count of three, we're going to say it. Say it over yourself. On the count, this is scripture. Get your sword out. Ready? One, two, three. God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear not. Not wild wolves in the night, nor flying arrows in the day. Not disease that prowls through the darkness. Not disaster that erupts at high noon. If you have made the Lord your dwelling, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. All right. A lot of people who have grown up with a father didn't treat him right. My dad, my dad was wonderful. I had a wonderful dad. Or a mom. That's caused you trauma. You go, well, I can't trust in a God when my dad didn't treat me right. My dad didn't treat me right. My mom didn't treat me right. My brothers didn't treat me right. How can I trust in a God that doesn't treat me right? You want to know what God's like? Because that's a fortress. The devil says, God, if you think he loves you, he doesn't love you. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You want to see this boy right here get crazy? Jack around with my wife and my daughters and my son-in-laws and my grand. Just, I, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I got equalizers. I got me a two-by-four. You ain't messing with my family. How many know what I'm talking about? 
Don't mess with my... You know what he says? Gary, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, G. That's what I call him, G. Wilma, proud of you. I know you grew up rough. I know. That's not me, Gary. I love you and Wilma. Let me tell you how much. Go to Psalm. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. This is the word of God, people. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward us or for those who fear him is as great as the highest of heavens are above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Never, they don't, they can't meet. How many thankful for that? Okay. The Lord is like a father to his children. The Lord, to me, is how I am to my family. And brother, they ain't, uh, God first, family second, I'm telling you. He's, to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are, and he remembers we are dust. You ever struggle? Listen, if you're struggling whether God loves you or if he's a father to you, I would read that and 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 read that, and then the stronghold becomes broken, and you go, oh, Abba, Father, you're a good God. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We started 3, 4. You remember, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God are pulling down a stronghold. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? His word. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Where am I running? When something hits me real strong, I'm running to Father. I'm running to my Father. So I told this first service. There was a movie when I was little called The Birds. How many ever saw the movie? Uh, students, they have no clue. They'd be like, what? That's horrible. It is horrible movie. It's horrible. But it was big time when I was little. Listen, you know, my students, you know what our video, my first video game was? It was a box about that big with two little knobs and a white dot went across the television. You, that was it, man. Woo, the world's coming to an end. Pong. The world's coming to an end, man. We have arrived. I'm sitting there on the couch. TV is right there, and there's a bay window. About this close, about from David to me, a bay window. I'm sitting there watching this movie. My parents are in the basement, and it's called The Birds. And these birds were flying around and attacking people and killing them. And this lady was running. They were all blackbirds, running. There were no blue jays or robins or anything. It was all blackbirds, man, big ones. Oh. And she's running. She gets in a phone booth. <laughs> Students, a phone, book is a, or phone booth is a big <laughs> thing, and you stick money in it. Okay. All right. She runs inside. Birds are, bam, bam, hitting that. 
And one bird's beak went through the glass. And now you're seeing cracks in it. I'm like, oh, my oh. The wind blew. We had a storm window that was a single pane window. And the wind blew and caught that window and smashed it. Now I'm in the movie. I'm running. My parents are downstairs. I'm like, ah, dad, dad. I mean, I, I didn't even hit hardly any of those steps. I'm like, ah, someone's breaking in the house. Someone's breaking in the house. He's like, what, what, what? Man, a, a window just smashed and someone's breaking in the house. He comes up and we walk over and he goes, there's nothing wrong. Man, I saw a bird. There were birds coming in and people. And... You know what he did? He said, Son, listen, look at me. Daddy's here. He didn't, call me. He didn't say daddy. He said, I'm, I'm here, son, but that's the wind broke that window. Calm down. You're okay. No bird's going to get you. He said, now let's all go change our clothes because, man, you scared us bad. I probably did. They're like, what? Let me challenge you. I'm going to end with this. And if there's prayer team members, come up. We're going to close with a song. Listen, look at me. Get your phone out or get some paper. And tomorrow morning, the first thing you do, if you're dealing with fear, read a scripture. Fight with the sword of the Spirit. You guys with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I didn't preach for nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I learned this, it changed my life. So let's stand on our feet. If you need prayer, come down. But we're gonna, we're, my part's going to close by singing this.